0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Mespa Principal Cast, a podcast by the Minnesota Elementary School Principals Association. Welcome everybody to the Mespa Principal Cast. This is our first edition. And my name is Brett Domstrand, and I'm the principal at Lake Marion Elementary in Lakeville, Minnesota. And today our first guest is Kurt Slater, Principal at Wyoming Elementary. Kurt, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here and can't uh, wait to have a chance to talk with you, Brett.
0: We're excited to have him here. Kurt does many, many things that we're excited to share with you, but also want to make sure that you know to check out mespa.net and look at all of our professional development opportunities that are coming up. In fact, if you live in northern Minnesota or here in the Twin Cities, there are two opportunities coming up in August for you to join your fellow principals in the Principal Exchange with Kurt Slater. I hope you will check it out. Again, check out mespa.net. You know, Kurt, we should start off first by uh, just uh, giving you congratulations on being named the National Distinguished Principal for Minnesota. That's a big honor.
1: You know, it was, it was an amazing honor and uh, I can't tell you what a journey it's been. And probably the best part of the journey is just the amazing people um, I've had a chance to meet in the journey uh, going to Washington, DC, and then just, last week coming back from Spokane, Washington at the National Principals Convention. Uh, it's all about the people. It's not about titles and we all know that whatever award you ever receive, no matter if you're a coach, a quarterback, a dancer, a piano, a pianist, um, it's all about the people along the way. It's not about necessarily what you've done, but uh, what your team has done.
0: You know, Kurt, you you bring up a good thing. I had the opportunity to be there at NESP with you too. and. What I notice about one of the habits that you have is is the relationship piece. Whether you're talking about students or talking about colleagues, talk a little bit about how you create relationships with your peers um, to share the things you're doing.
1: And I'm I mean, I kind of I hope I don't get emotional about it, but uh, I almost left education about five years ago. Just uh, felt alone. Uh, I was assistant principal at a a, a very a great school district, but just that, that whole thing of just um, wanting to continue to grow, and I and I think the part where we as principals do a really poor job in our work is is having PLCs um, that work for us, a crew. You know, a lot of people are, are calling it a tribe, a crew. You know, I, I don't care. You know what what your terminology is around that, but having people around you that make you better. And um, as an assistant principal, I just felt like I didn't have um, an avenue for that. And so to be honest, I'll, I'll give a shout out to Steven Geis, a mentor of mine. And many people are aware of Steven's leadership skills, but you know, he's the type of person I talk to once a week, maybe once a day um, if I need to. But just he always is uplifting. Every time I'm done talking with Steven, it's never about doom and gloom. It's always about have you thought of it this way or and, and I try to be that same person. I try to pass it forward. So the part that I just challenge us in all of this is how do we stop Isolating ourselves. How do we how do do we get off our islands that we choose to be stuck on? And for me, um, a lot of that's come through Twitter. You know, and I never thought I would be that person. I remember my kids started on it, just like I think of them now as on Snapchat. Is that I'm not going to be that person? Like, really, what can you get from it? But what you get from it is this that that professional learning network of other principals out there trying to do great things that need each other to do it that we can't do it alone
0: and, and you know when you say not doing it alone that's a big part of what we do when we have the mespa winter institute as well um, i think that when we have over 400 people coming together there's a reason why everyone shows up and they and they have that community but you know you mentioned something about you choose to be alone Talk a little bit about what led you into the elementary position and what made you decide to take the leap to be so visible on whether it's social media, broadcasting, what's happening at Wyoming Elementary. What was the catalyst that helped you get to that point?
1: Well, I mean, I think we've all heard the term, you know, what fills your bucket, what empties your bucket, the bucket filler, no matter if you look at the kid's version or the adult version. Um, I think the thing for me was that, that whole notion at the elementary level, what really got me excited about it is getting six or seven years with students. Um, you know, I, I give a shout out every time I possibly can to middle school educators because I will tell you that they have the toughest job dealing with uh, three years. They only get to see the students for three years. Um, they're dealing with uh, puberty. Uh, they're dealing with parents that don't understand how to, to deal with um, th- this transition that, that they're in. And so, uh, you know, coming from that, to going to elementary, it's been very exciting. And you know, the other the other excitement I had is, to be honest, is is Mespa As I started to meet some other elementary principals um, throughout the state, and I was just like, wow, look at look at how they network, look at how they they fight for each other, look at how they're involved, and it. It is, when you are around people that are passionate, it only creates more of a passion. I know that you're leaving here soon uh, to go to the Boundary Waters with a group of friends. And Brett, what, what I love about your story about going with a group of friends is that that, that it shows you at, at one point in time when you were working in that restaurant, you you built this the, this relationship almost like a brotherhood or a sisterhood or whatever, you know, the, yeah. the group that you're going with. And then how it's important to stay together and look back at that journey where you were at. And so I think for me it was just that opportunity that I, I wanted to be a leader. Um, I didn't want to be a robot anymore. I didn't want to be told this is how you're gonna do things. And I also didn't wanna do a discipline all day long. So for um, 12 years, I was an assistant principal um, and dealing with discipline all day long. And I felt like it was always reactive instead of proactive. And I just wanted that opportunity at the elementary to say, you know what, I have the ability to really work on the proactive part of discipline and creating a school culture where uh, you know, we're the Wildcats. Way to go! You know, and, and, and have that yeah. voice, and and kids get excited about a DJ voice. Where at a middle school, they might look at you and go, "What is wrong with Mr. Slater today?" Where, the, you know, at the elementary level, it's like you, I, I tell you all the time, I'm I'm a rock star and I'm a superhero for kids. And every day, my kids um, let me know that with their parents and my staff. So that's what that's what sent me, and I, and I'll never go back. I mean, I've had people say like, "Hey, Kurt, you make a great superintendent." Nope, I want. Do you make a great <laughs> high school principal? Nope. That's not where my passion lies. My passion is um is in elementary and and to be honest, my passion's with kids, but but just that opportunity to to be around that that energy of a child that when it clicks, you know, when they get something. So, Absolutely.
0: Yeah, it's contagious for it, me. It is it's and it's evident, and you're not ashamed of sharing it. And Kurt, I want to come back to talking about PBIS, but before I get there you know you're really visible on on social media and what I've noticed is that you're not afraid to come out and be a little corny or whether you're talking about the shoes whether you're talking about just shooting a video in the middle of building a playground you're you're letting the Wildcats know what's going on with mr. Slater Um, how do you manage the balance of having some people who feel really uncomfortable seeing something like that and so they might say well why are you doing that or I can't do that how do you help bring people into the fray of saying, it's okay to be out there and be that face and voice for your school? You
1: know, the, the part that I would say, Brett, that's interesting about that is I just had a chance to um, meet Hamish Brewer um, out at uh, the NASP conference in Spokane. And I, I've I've known Hamish a little bit through a, a mutual friend, Andy Jacks, who's an amazing principal in Ashland. Uh, so if anyone's listening yeah. to this and they want to follow too, People that just did the innovation center. So, the part I would say to you is that we each have talents, and and you have to know yourself. You can't be someone else. Like I can't skateboard. I could try, um, but but I, I I would never be able to pull that off. I don't have tattoos, so I'm not going to go get tattoos to be someone I'm not. And and what what and I'll just talk quickly about the shoes. And so people that are listening to this are like, well, you brought up the shoes. Um, I always felt like when I was a principal that I had to to wear certain clothes and and look a certain way. And one of those things is, you know, dressing up, you know, and and being in slacks and being in a dress shirt and, and a tie. And and I do that, but my feet were always killing me. So those people that don't know me have large feet of size 15, 16, depending on what it is. And I'll I'll be honest with you, I've never found a pair of dress shoes that I'm comfortable in. There's never been like a time that I go to my closet on a Saturday and say, you know what, I want some comfortable shoes and I would go grab a pair of dress shoes. It was never the case. It was always a, a pair of running shoes or basketball shoes that I'd grab, and so what happened one day is, at Wyoming Elementary, trying to be super active, being that, you know, um, principal's in action, out of the office area, and I'd get home and my shins would hurt so bad from the concrete floor, and so one day I finally said, you know what? Um, I put a purple dress shirt on, and I had these purple shoes in my closet from my kids play basketball, at University of Sioux Falls in South Dakota, and I put them on, And I'm telling you, it was like the kids lost their mind. They, oh, Mr. Slater, purple shoes, purple shirt, I love it. And it was just like all of a sudden when I got that feedback from the kids, I'm like, I have lots of shoes like this. so. I just started buying different shoes when I was out and about at discount places, ugly orange shoes that I'd never wear anywhere else, but I can wear to school. And it just took off where kids and parents were looking forward each day. They're having conversations on the bus or in the car, like what pair of shoes and you know, what colors of shoes Mr. Slater gonna have on today. So I challenged people to say, what's your passion? You know, and if your passion is golf, if your passion is literacy, if your passion is knitting, if your passion, is, how do you bring your uh, passion into your job and let kids see that? Because the, the article that, I, that, I, that I'm going to be working on with the National Association is just around are you comfortable in your own shoes? And the one thing I will tell you when I wear those shoes it brings in more conversation. I have more people walk up to me in the community and say, what's up with the shoes? And I'm like, oh, you know, my kids love it when I wear matching shoes with my tie, so it always matches my tie or where's my, you know, my pullover, whatever I'm wearing, They're like, oh, that is awesome. And when people hear that, it is a conversation starter. And I think that that's the ultimate key is that the reason I go live on Facebook Live is I want conversation starters. When a parent sees me in the community or sees me back at school saying, Tell me about that community build you guys are doing in Spokane. Tell me about that opportunity that you went to the park to read books. You know, it it just, it brings out that. And again, are you going to have, I call them the Slater haters. You're going to have the Slater haters. You're going to have people are like, doesn't he have something else to be doing on a snow day than riding a scooter around school reading a book? I probably do, but I also deserve breaks. And so with that, I decide to entertain people and You know, I think that all of us have a little bit of entertainment in us, and if we don't, we're we're in the wrong profession. Because as much as educators are superheroes, they're also entertainers. They 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 have skills that kids love to see. And you know, I don't care if that's if you read with um, uh, voices or if that you're able to you know moonwalk down the hall or whatever whatever that talent is. We we need to show our kids that we have talent and they have talent. So let's embrace. Right. Don't be. You don't have to hide it. When I, when I say when you hide things like that, you're being fake. You know, we're 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 saying to people all the time, when we hide our talents, what are we telling kids? Kids can't take risks in our school unless they feel safe. They can't feel safe unless they see adults taking risks and right. saying, Hey, I know you just laughed at me, but I I truly was trying to sing um that song for you, you know, and some of those things. So You know, it's
0: funny you, you say that because you can't really be a teacher without having that Acting gene or that entertainment gene because you're constantly putting on a show for your kids The learning takes place if the kids are invested in what you're doing and if you make it fun The kids can tell you about the teachers that they had fun learning from and so same thing goes with the principal
1: Yeah, I was just gonna say don't don't we say that same thing if someone asks us and say hey, how was your summer? And like well, I went to a couple um, You know summer conferences were they entertaining yeah, not so much. They're kind of boring, you know. And 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 you and I had a chance at Spokane to have lunch together and just what we were looking for when we went to sessions. You know, did we want someone to read the PowerPoint to us? Did we want someone to engage the audience? You know, all of those things, it doesn't matter how old or young you are. You you wanna be in a learning environment where your voice is is heard and and where you're engaged, where when you walk out, you're like, having ideas and how you can implement something or the things that you've learned that you're excited about versus walking out saying gosh I I kinda feel sad you know and and I didn't I didn't really get to talk to anyone and now I have this large packet and I don't even know where to start And, (laughs) and, 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 and I always tell people that you know when I get a chance to do PBS trainings around the state is that learning is exhausting and when teachers and principals get the opportunity to learn all day I always challenge them at the end of the day like how do you feel because for the majority of us, we're going to be exhausted. Now just think being a student, again, being exhausted every day, how do we celebrate all of our hard work around that learning that day? Because even though we might not have a product for it yet, it's exhausting. And it's hard work. And, and if we don't take the time for that, that's where I think that kids get unmotivated to come back to school is because it's just that we're not recognizing the hard work that's going
0: you know we were talking about we want the kids beating down the doors to get in not to get out and i think that's a that's an important part hey i'm gonna flip the script just a little bit because some people might not know this about you but you're a pretty avid fisherman and uh and and just when you and i were talking we even talked about getting out and going fishing and i'm going to do that when i'm in the boundary waters tell us a little bit about um how you weave that passion for fishing and how you manage to keep balance? Because as principals, we feel like we're getting pulled in a lot of different directions, and we're at work. You know, many times into the evening, it occupies some of our weekends. How do you keep that balance and you know get out there and go fishing? That takes work.
1: Yeah, so I, I think that the, the, the part that I say to you is I have a passion for fishing um, because I'm good at it. You know, they, like I can take people fishing and we can catch fish. Like you know, I I promise you right now any of the listeners out there want to go catch like a trophy fish, um, if I have eight hours with them, we'll, we'll, we'll have the opportunity to do that. And the way I relate fishing a lot with the kids is one way I'll tell you, it was a highlight of my career was last year uh, our first grade teachers were reading a book and I, and I apologize. I can't remember the book that they were reading, but it was about um, I think like the character was a moose and he kept going to the lake fishing and all he was catching was garbage. And um, was getting really frustrated, thinking that there was no fish in this lake. And so I walked in, and the teacher was reading the book. And you know, at the end of it, I just said, um, "You know, tell me more about the book." And and she told me about it. And I said, "I would love to bring my boat in, um, and I'd love for the, all of the first graders to uh, come out to my boat. And I would talk to them about fishing, and I would read a book to them about fishing or, or about you know, the, the reread the book that they were reading. But I just want to, I want to, I want to up it to the next level." And the reason I did that is I also wanted to show my staff, like, we can up the engagement. We can read a book, but we can read a book on a boat in the back of the field. And I can show the kids that I can cast a lure into a pool. And, and it was amazing because the kids came out, I had my, my boat in the back, and I was on the boat with my life jacket on, and to watch these kids listen to me read off of this boat now some people will say oh I don't have the time to do that it's something I won't forget um, but I would challenge you and the audience is like what is something that you're gonna be doing this summer that you will not forget because we have the chance to make something good great as long as we can get past good you know and and there, and, and there's there's plenty of theories of good to great and you can read authors that write about it but I challenge us we can do that every day and and it was like, I left there, all of a sudden I got done with it, and the preschool's walking by and said, Mr. Slater, what what are you doing outside? I was like, well, does the preschoolers have any time right now? I'd love to read a book to them. So we went out front, took a picture. Those kids still talk about it. And it's it's some of those things when, again, when you bring your passion in and just say, hey, you know, this is what we can talk about. The other thing I love to do is I love to take students and parents fishing. So at Wyoming Elementary, we have an amazing uh, PTA. And one of the things that we, we put on is a, a PTA gala. And what a gala is is a fancy way to bring people together. No students involved, so we have it at a, a local um, bowling alley that has a very nice banquet area, and it's all adult um, entertainment. So, and I mean that, you know, it's like there there's a happy hour and there's yeah. hors d'oeuvres and 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 one of the things that I auction off every year is is Mr. Slater will take um, up to four people fishing. And the first year I only auctioned one of them off, and I took this father and son out fishing, and I took my son out with me, Austin. Uh, when people think I'm tall, Austin's like six nine, but he loves to fish. You know, and again, I think it's part of you know his upbringing. But we went out there and we had an amazing time. And watching the posts on Facebook blow up and all of those things. Well, then this last year we did the same thing, and people said, "Well, could you do more than one?" So this year I did three of them, and one, of, uh, uh, four of the husbands of teachers at Wyoming bid on it. And so I took, uh, t- took four husbands out fishing in my boat, and oh my gosh, it was, it was a way to thank them um, for supporting uh, the educators in their life. But it was also an opportunity to, uh, and here's, here's our idea that I'm, I'm gonna tell you, you, the first one I'm even announcing to you is, my goal for next summer is that we are going to have Take a Child fishing in Forest Lake and i'm going to reach out to as many people i know that have boats you don't need to be a professional bass fisherman or a professional walleye fisherman just you have a boat and you would like to take a child fishing for a morning and then coming back in and then having some uh some prizes to raffle off but it's just like it's a passion of mine that i see less and less kids getting involved because they don't have a role model that would take them fishing and and with that i just think that being a principal in Minnesota with 10,000 lakes. Part of our goal is to teach kids how to swim in Minnesota. And if you're going to teach them how to swim, how would we teach them how to fish too? You know. And so right. it's uh, uh, something I'm excited about. But it it, it where, where I got excited is when I brought this idea. And and all of the husbands I took out fishing are business people. They're engineers. They're and they're like, I'd like to be part of that. I'd like to be part of that. It wasn't like, wow, good luck with that. But right away they're like, let's meet. So. Now now, my challenge is to meet with them and get some sort of a committee or board together that we can figure out how we're gonna you know how many boats are we gonna need how many kids are gonna sign up and then um, just go with it you know and if it, if it's a if it's a flop and four kids show up, I wouldn't call it a flop. I'd say four kids got to go fishing you know and right um, so it's just some of those things like like why don't we just why don't we start living life like we're kids again? you know there's just so much stress on us and there's just the, the day-to-day negative noise. And you know, George Curse is, you know, has a shirt out there, you know, make the positive so loud that it drowns out the negative. And I really think that's part of our job.
0: Um and, and the way you do that is you find your passion. That's so talking about your passions a professional passion that that I've been lucky enough to be part of, and I know many of our other colleagues have uh, participated with you is uh, is PBIS, and you've been leading uh, numerous cohorts and working with the state in trying to get our entire state onto the PBIS. Um, I, I don't want to say the bandwagon because it's not it, this isn't a trend. This is just what's great for kids. But talk about how you came into it. And then, how you have become a one of the biggest proponents of it uh, here in Minnesota?
1: Yeah. So, um, for those that don't know, cohort fifteen is starting this year. So it's been fifth, so that means that there's been fifteen years of it in Minnesota. Um, you know, p- p- the way I got involved is I was at Princeton Middle School, um, and I was in my uh, my first year there. Uh, we had, I don't know how many fights, and it was just like we we had a fight club. We had, you know, fights going on, and it was just kind of the mindset of, of, of the kids and a little bit of the community coming in. And so a few of us started looking at um, things that we could do. George Curse, or George Curse at them, George Shagai and Rob Horner are the founders of PBIS out of, uh, it started in Oregon, University of Oregon. And they were willing to come to Minnesota and do their first training. And so I was lucky, Uh, it was uh, Princeton um, School District and St. Cloud School District that came together for the first cohort training. And it was one of those things that I, it instantly makes sense. Um, You know, too many times we try to do initiatives that are led by administration or led by district office, and this is truly a team of eight people that go to a training uh, it's over a two-year period of time. It is a teacher-led process. The principal there for really three reasons. The, the principal is there um, to make sure that the, the committee has a voice back in the building, so we call that time. Uh, they're there also uh, for money—that you know, finding money for things that, that the team might need um, in the journey of creating this framework. And the last one is that they're there for to be a servant leader. They're there to serve the team. Um, and the role of we need to get this work done. I know that all of you will be available at all times but I'm willing to buy in and give up my time and my service. But what's crazy about watching it and the reason I won't work for a district unless they're willing to have it in place, luckily that it's in place, or that they're willing to look at it in place is because it creates a framework and it doesn't touch everything. You know Clay Cook will, will talk to you a lot about you know the, the components of what it does and it's research-based, so the evidence is there. But the big thing I see is that when you get a team of people together around creating a positive school climate, that's culture. You know, mm-hmm. not climate. That's culture. That that is what you believe in. And um, you know, the, the part that I struggle with is the people that say that they're PBI schools and they don't have the fidelity to it. And how often do we say that in education? We go through a training. Let's say a school district goes to a responsive classroom and five years later I'm like, hey, how's responsive classroom going? Well, we've hired like 40 percent new teachers and we haven't had the money to train them. Well, you're really not a responsive classroom district anymore. 40 percent of people aren't. And so it just really talks about, the, the other part is is I would challenge you is what other programs or frameworks do you have in place at your school where there's a fidelity assessment. You know, so I could come in, someone else could come in and give an assessment to your school and say, here's the percentage of things that you have in place, here's the percent of things you don't have in place, and here's what your expected outcomes will be based on your fidelity um, of your implementation. And that's where, again, we can push back against education instead of just you know painting the wall and saying, hey, I, I painted all the walls. Well, you did, but it's, it's only half painted or that you still can see through the other colors, is that we really don't ever change that culture and then we move on to something else. And, right. and, you know, and you and I have talked about this, but you know, everything that we see right now, it's, it's relationships. You know, kids have to know that you care before they're willing to take a risk to learn. And you know, I don't care which quote you pick on, around that, but you know, that's all I heard. I'll, I'll, you know, and some people get very frustrated and say, well, I can learn from someone I don't like. And I'd say, uh, watch Rita Pearson on YouTube, uh, her, her, video, her video about being a champion for kids. You might think you can, but it's going to be a miserable year, not only for your kids, but for yourself.
0: You Um, Kurt, it goes to this, too. Are they learning what you want them to learn? Because you'll learn from somebody you don't like, but you might not be teaching the lesson you think you're teaching them. And that's the hard part.
1: Yeah, and I just challenge other people that are listening to this right now to think of an educator that made a huge impact on them. and. Was it the person that gave them the most packets? Was it the person that gave them the lunch detention? Was it the person? You know, it, people usually will always say, like, I felt like I was the teacher's pet. I felt like I was, you know, the, their best friend. I felt, you know, that they were there for me when my mom died or they were there for me when, when my cat died. You know, all of those different things is that it, it is based around we have this ability to have, uh, to be a superhero, and, and a superhero not only about education, but to be a superhero in that child's life, that they will always know that we are there for them. And uh, we have a statement at, at Wyoming Elementary: "Once a Wildcat, always a Wildcat." I say that every year to my sixth graders moving on to middle school. You're always welcome back. Um, we will we will never turn our back upon you, and um, we we want it. We want the best for you, and and I think that's what we have to remind each other about. And I and I challenge this, Brett, to the principals because do we do that for each other? Do we, are we a champion for each other in this fight? Because again, I think through what I watch with PBIS is again when you have 15 schools coming together, I take the principals <clears throat> and I go to a, a conference area and I share with them like, you're going to need support and the support is in this room. And these, these are all administrators that are gonna go through the same journey each of us are going to have different struggles, but you need to support each other. So let's share our contact information. Let's share folders. Let's share resources because some of you you're going to go back, and it's going to be a really easy thing to implement. And for others, you're going to go back, and you're going to have resistance and pushback. And you're not alone. And um, you know, I think that's where you know the Minnesota Principals Exchange um, comes into play because too many times people think that I'm just this PBIS guy. Um, which is fine. I, I don't mean I mean, I don't have a problem being labeled that but sometimes people think it's hokey You know some people are like oh, we're too positive with kids if we're just more stern with them And there's more punitive punishments and you know districts had higher expectations well, I think we have always need to have high expectations But I think we have to change how we respond to kids that aren't meeting those expectations and so again I, I challenge us in, in this because We're perfectly aligned to get the results that we got last year, and if we don't change anything, I can predict that you're gonna probably
0: get those same results this year. If you keep doing the same thing over and over again and expect a different result, I think that's the definition of insanity. Albert Einstein. Right? That hey, is. So, so you You mentioned the Principals Exchange, and, and the great thing about being members here at MESPA is that uh, we offer a lot of PD. So on August 9th, you're going to be leading a Principals Exchange um, uh, up in Brainerd, is that correct? Yeah, Crosby. Yep. Up in Crosby, and then also on August 16th here in St. Paul. So if I were to sign up for this, could you tell us what we can expect out of that day long of uh, learning?
1: You know, the, the big thing that you can expect is that you it, don't come to it unless, unless you want to get better. I mean, that's the first thing I'll tell you. This is not about me telling you how to get better, but had a chance to go down to Rochester um, last, uh, in, in last month in June and uh, 13 principals came together, and we just shared ideas, we created Google folders. It was an interesting thing that happened is that there's about 20 of us out at uh, Spokane, Washington at the National Convention, and what was nice is that we had to take a group photo, took about nine text messages to figure out that group time, which is is so funny because it's what (laughs) happens back in our buildings when we try to do group things. Um, But what's great about it is that we all are now on a um, text um, group together. And someone threw out, there like, hey, does anyone have a motivational video I could show um, the start of the school year? And it was just interesting to watch our old philosophy of like, yeah, I want one too. Oh, I showed this one. I showed that one. And so now it's probably 20 text messages later. But what if you went to this Minnesota Exchange and you said, hey, I'm looking for this idea. You raised your hand and you watched the rest of the room start sharing resources, dropping it in a folder so when you get back to school, it's there you have a place to go and you have a place to add on and so the part that I'm trying to change the culture of MESPA is that we cannot expect to go to a conference once a year in the middle of February and get better. We have to find ways that we're getting our needs met on a weekly monthly basis and what if that was professional learning networks that we created And a lot of times people say, well, I would do it, but it's way down in the cities, and that's why we did one in the south, one in the metro, and then one in the north, is to really break that that stereotype. Even where, if you've never had a chance to work with Rachel from ESPA, she is a delight. We even threw out a survey and said, okay, who would sign up if it was in these areas? So what you're gonna get from it is you're gonna get a bunch of other principals there that wanna learn from each other, that want to lead with each other, and that want to know that the smartest principal in the room is the room. And that's, and that's really the goal of it is that there's there's no hidden agenda but if I said if there was a framework that we're under we're looking at the first part is how do we support the principal's role what are some great things that, that are going on nationwide of good news call of the day and just throwing out some of those ideas um, I bring a boombox wherever I go and, and how music just changes the environment I'm gonna share a couple of those things but then I'm gonna open it up to the room for other principals to share things that they're doing that's making a difference and what were they able to let go of. So we're not looking to add more, we're looking at, at replacing and stimulating what we have. Uh, the other area is staff meetings. How do we lead staff meetings? How do we uh, go up about staff meetings in a way that uh, Going back to your quote, I think it's um, Beth Hoff and uh, Shelly Burgess, we, we wanna create you know a school where people are knocking down the door to get in, not knocking down the door to get out. I wanna create staff meetings where people are arriving early at the staff meetings to get a good spot because it is going to be engaging and it's gonna be meeting their needs. Um, and so we're gonna talk a little bit about that. And then we're gonna talk about students and discipline and support. Like what are some things that you're doing around the mental health, around social emotional learning? And then the last category of that day will be around our family. What are we doing to support our families in need? And what are we doing proactively for our families that's having the biggest bang for our buck? So meeting principals that are meeting with their PTAs right now, and they're planning out um, mental health, an anxiety conference where parents can come in if they're starting to see some of these signs, but to have an expert. Uh, Technology with your child. When's the right time to introduce a cell phone to a child and and what what apps do you need to be aware of? But what we want to do is engage our families into topics right now that they're not the experts at, but the school has the ability to connect those. So that's kind of the overarching day. And my hope from it is that there's a ripple effect, is that people are begging for more opportunities like this where we can get together and it can be administrative led versus sit and get. That's what it will not be. This is not about, hey, listen to Kurt Slater or listen to Mark French or listen to this principal or listen, I mean, it's not about just listening. It, It is about like taking a topic, sharing two things and then opening it up to the room And just watching it just blow up, you know, and watching that ripple effect is what the principles exchange is all about.
0: So, so awesome. This, this goes back to when, when we started this conversation, Kurt, you just said you cannot be alone as a principal. It's just, it's a choice to be alone. And the principles exchange is an opportunity to give you another outlet to collaborate and work with other people who can who can know what your shoes are like to wear and no pun intended and uh, and so I recommend everyone get registered for it let's all collaborate together I'll be at the one on the 16th here in the Twin Cities Um, one other thing and and Kurt you're the nationally distinguished principal but after spending time with you in, in Spokane I want everyone to know that none of us are bigger than somebody else. We all got the title of principal because we do something special. And I want you to know, Kurt does not keep any secrets or hide things. And the same thing goes with so many of the colleagues that we meet, everyone's eager to share. We just have to have the courage to ask and and then also be willing to share what we're doing. And uh, you're a model of that. So I'm really grateful for this conversation.
1: Well, before we're done, I I have one challenge for anyone that's still listening uh, to the podcast is I would say, Every year uh, we get new students at our school and I hope that your school like my school takes the time to make sure that we uh, meet that family and we greet them and we treat that child like it was our own uh, in the sense of that move. Uh, My challenge for the principals that are that are listening to this or educators is what are you gonna do for that new principal you know that's just down the road? What are you gonna do for that new principal that's in your district and um, how are you gonna reach out to them to make sure that they know that you're gonna be a champion in their corner. Because I think, again, um, without champions in my life, I would not be um, talking with you today. I probably would not be in education anymore. And I think, again, too many times we're isolated because we don't know where to go. And what we have to lean on is that, yes, we have to have balance in our work, uh, but we have to start working smarter. And so reach out to, and I know, Brett, I hopefully that you will put a plug Uh, for uh, the um, principal's um, piece that you're coming up. What's the name of that again?
0: Yes, in early October, we have the new principal seminar. And that is for anyone that is in their first three years of principalship. We're all meeting together. It's, It's new principals and a few veterans, but all of us are early career. And the goal there is to talk about the things that nobody taught you in principal school. And it's awesome.
1: Yeah, and so just just encouraging, you know, how to get these new members of ours in, engaged, and knowing that Mespa's organization is all about making us great, not about making one individual. And so, I, I as I said in Washington, and I said at the Mespa Winter Conference, is that being the uh, principal of the year from Minnesota was an amazing honor, but I really do accept it on behalf of all of the principals that have impacted me, not only um, through my education. Uh, Which I can tell you I went through the apprentice program Um, I started at an early age at Dayton Elementary and because the amount of time I spent in the office I received several (laughs) credits along the way to uh, Aspire me to to be an educator and a a leader Um, But but just that whole thing of how are we gonna reach out to these people and make sure that they know That we're here for them Um, because we don't always have a supervisor that does that and if we don't we need to do
0: that for each other. That's, that is so true. Uh, I'll give you an amen on that, Kurt. Hey, I really I, we ran a little bit longer than I asked you to be here for, but uh, I'm really grateful for your time. And uh, MESPA members, please share the podcast and tell us how we can do it better and make it useful for you. Because again, this is here for our fellow principals because we just want to help each other learn and grow. Hey, Kurt, how can people find you? How can they find me? Uh, hey, all you have to do is type in
1: uh, Curtis Slater and um, Wyoming, and it will pop up in a Google search. And you know, I always tell people that you know, again, no matter if it's Twitter, Facebook, uh, I do challenge people that if you want to, you know, see some of the things that we're doing at our school, is that you can go to Wyoming Elementary and see our Facebook page um, and see some of the th- the things that we're doing and uh, some of what our teachers are doing and all of those great things. Uh, one of the things that I I wanna share out cause I'm curious on the podcast is I found out from a few principals talking with them is that some of the districts are changing uh, their email uh, filters and some of the MESPA um, messages are not getting through. They're coming through spam or that, that they have to accept that as a vendor and stuff like that. So again, people might wanna check if they're not getting messages and they are part of the organization. Uh, to check uh your filter or with your tech advisor in your district to make sure you're getting those messages because again, uh we we are the organization so un- unless we're gonna get involved we can't we can't complain it's like a good ed camp if you right. don't raise your hand on what you want to do then you know it's not gonna happen unless you you get that do you, you
0: want to get something done or have something done to you and that's, the, that's why it's important. We are the leaders, we have to be the models and use our voices. Hey, Kurt, thank you so much for being on the podcast and uh, helping us bring in the first one. And uh, everyone, if you're not on Twitter, I recommend just create an account and uh, follow Kurt and you will learn a lot. And just lurk, you don't have to necessarily engage, just make sure you're on Twitter. It's totally worth it for us as educators. Uh, Kurt, thank you very much for being part of the podcast. Hey, thank you for your leadership, Brett. I hope you have a great time fishing
1: um, and enjoying your summer, and uh, keep being the leader that you are. Because we are lucky to have a
0: leader like hey, you. Hey, thanks, Kurt. Same goes right back at you. Appreciate it, everyone, for listening. Thank you.